Thanks for taking a moment out of your time to listen to Discussing Who. Want more comic book-related content? Then check out the Discussing Who YouTube channel. It's all about discussing comics. Visit youtube.discussingwho.com and subscribe. Again, you can go there easily, youtube.discussingwho.com. And now, on with the show. back everyone this is episode number 71 of discussing who and we are talking about two new stories of doctor who and if you're thinking well we've not gotten to christmas yet so how do you have new stories the question or the answer to that is go to your local comic shop and check out titan comics but before we get into that i want to welcome back clarence brown how are you Doing good, man. Glad to be on for another episode. Let's yeah, talk this about some 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 comic Doctor, Doctor Who. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, this is our first review of anything that's Doctor Who that's not actual, um, you know, television. So this is this is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, something a little bit different, but uh, just initial impressions. The story is it seems just as rich so i get we'll get into that a little bit later <laughs> okay so so you've already kind of answered one of my questions that i was going to ask you before uh we got started but i i i think it's kind of cool that we're talking about a story in doctor who that we have both read uh today actually because i know you read shortly earlier this afternoon i read it uh earlier this afternoon so probably about the same time and considering the fact that we read these stories where i'm going with this is if you are in mississippi and you are in the metro jackson area this coming saturday saturday afternoon between 1 p.m and 4 p.m the Flowood Library in Flowood, Mississippi, is having what I think is their final Doctor Who day. And it is, uh, again, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. this coming Saturday. So if you're in Flowood, Mississippi, or you're in Mississippi somewhere close, and you want to see a full-fledged TARDIS and have some Doctor Who trivia, I'm sure, and meet Clarence and I from Discussing Who, Come out and check us out. Um, I have a suspicion that our friend uh, Angie uh, Meadows yeah. and her husband will be there. So um, I'm yeah. looking forward to this. Yeah, a bit of, bit of a sad face because it's the last one. We went to our first one last year. I think maybe some of the people who were running it have moved different places. Yes. But but it's going to be fun to go and actually partake uh, with you know other Doctor Who fans of various ages and uh, you know just just kind of have a good time yeah i I agree with you in the sense of it's a little bittersweet and bittersweet in the sense of that's where we met angie and bobby you know that's where um we kind of connected us being uh you know discussing who with the local um chapter of the metro whovians in mississippi so um yeah that's um you know, like you said, kind of sad, a little bittersweet, but you're right. It is because the main librarian or the head librarian, whatever you are, the librarian, I guess you may just call her, <laughs> she moved and the the person who was uh, running the audio video and doing all of that stuff uh, last time, she also has moved. I know she wow. is the one um, that is doing this particular event, the the one that was doing the audio video. Um, and I've already talked to her. She's going to talk to us a little bit about, so maybe we can get an interview in with her while we are there just to kind of, um, get, you know, her thoughts on how she got into Dr. Who. Cause that, that's one thing I really remember from last year was both of them were diehard Dr. Who fans. 
Yeah. Do you know she'll be doing any more Doctor Who related things in a new location or is she just kind of moved on to other things right now? I really am not sure. Uh, she is in, I think, Brandon. So she's not far. Now, the main, okay. the okay, main gotcha. went uh, uh, like maybe New Jersey or somewhere. Oh, up north. wow. Uh, yeah. so, so I know she moved. But it's um, crazy. Yeah. So um, w- I guess that will be something we'll find out on Saturday. Yeah, if you want to see a TARDIS, and last time there was a Dalek as well as a K-9. I don't know if they'll be there this time, but, you know, uh, if you're a Doctor Who fan, you're in the Jackson area, you should definitely come and check it out. It'll be fun. Absolutely. So, uh, considering the fact that we are... Um well, you know what? Let me let before I get into what I was about to say with the spoiler, um, something that is not a spoiler, something that we have speculated mm. for probably months, probably speculated even when we were watching it last October, is it is official. Class has been dismissed. <sighs> Oh, there you go with the wording. Uh, <laughs> sad, sad face, you know. Um, uh, the characters really started to grow me by the end of the show. Uh, I think it's sad that we want, we will not get any resolution to that huge cliffhanger at the end of season one of yeah. Class. So I'm kind of hoping maybe if we keep our fingers crossed, maybe one day we can get a movie or something to kind of resolve the whole class storyline yeah i'm kind of with you you know you you know listeners you guys know that i love my corny jokes i'm gonna so just uh warning uh i i can say that probably i'm almost weeping that we didn't uh get that (laughs) resolution of that storyline but i i have a feeling we just might as well go ahead and blink because we're probably not going to see it yeah, I guess the bell has rung. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was a good one. <laughs> oh, you're rubbing off on me, man. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, 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 you know, uh, Miss Quill, I think her and uh, Rom, oh, I think yeah. was. Such a good character, Miss Quill. And we're not going to see her again. That's kind of sad. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm hoping at least we can see some of these characters maybe uh, interweaved in the main doctor who show possibly that that would be great because some of those characters are really good and maybe a way to resolve their storyline would be to have a few of them with the those enemies we saw at the end of season one maybe drop in in the episode or two of of main who and kind of get a slight resolution there So so i'm going to make a prediction of where that resolution will come let's hear it big finish uh, well, uh, that could kind of parlay us into kind of what we're talking about for our main discussion. Yeah. With, uh, other... or, or comics, you know, I could see them, yeah. you know, maybe doing it in a comic. But but for some reason, it just, uh, you know, because they've continued Torchwood in the yeah. comics. I mean, in Big Finish. And, you know, we've had the Adventures of River Song. Uh, believe it or not, I have not gotten that. I need to get that. But, uh, um you know, we've had the, you know, the I, I think it's called the Diary of R- River Song, um, you know, all with Big Finish. So, well, let me ask you a question. Like, just in general, how do we feel about these, this side media and these stories that are continuing that uh, seem like could be very impactful to different elements in the Doctor Who universe, but. That being said, the majority of Who fans will never know anything about it. Okay. So I'll answer that. I will answer it like this. Um, Between 1989 and 2005, minus the 96 one-off with the Eighth Doctor, those audio adventures, those novelizations, those comic books – that was Doctor Who, hmm. you know, because you you still had the audio adventures, you still had you know the comics going on, you still had Doctor Who magazine even while it was off the air. So, you know, I think for diehard fans, especially you know people in Britain, because I know in, in the states. It, it did not. It was just the cult following, not the mass following that it became yeah. under Matt Smith and David Tennant. Um, so you know, I, I I I go back to saying, 
are, are, are my answer, not back to saying, but my answer would probably be that's just how Doctor Who came to people during that time. Yeah, but but kind of taking it forward into the 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 reboot resurgence of of popularity, do you still feel that these properties have a place in Who? I do, and I'll say, and I'll tell you why. Um, it allows Torchwood fans that want to see what they're considering and that the BB because think about it, all of this is licensed by the BBC. Yeah. And even the comics that Titan Cub comics is publishing is licensed by the BBC. So my speculate, my, my speculation is not really much speculation in saying there are some things that you can and cannot do with the characters and probably the same with Marvel, with you know DC characters. There's things you can and cannot do. Uh, look at our conversation about uh, Jessica Drew and Jessica Jones. Jessica uh, Jones was created because of things they would not allow to happen to Jessica Drew. Well, I mean, I, th- I think the kind of difference there is the that was the same medium. I mean, that was still comics. Mm, okay. But- but but in in this situation, I feel like okay to have continuing Torchwood adventures. I feel like that's okay because uh, Torchwood is over. Torchwood is not going on any longer. But I do have to say, I feel kind of funny when I see um, uh, D- David Tennant in this in the comics, and he's with with companions that I know nothing about. Correct. I'm like, I just like, it's just like sad face. Oh, that, you know, there's this whole world that I know nothing about. And, and again, like they have to try to fit these storylines into the context of what we've seen on television, though the doctor has a TARDIS, anything is possible, you know? <laughs> so I guess, I guess in that way it fits, but it still feels kind of strange because you see these companions that we know nothing about and they're having adventures with our doctors. All right. <laughs> so, so picture this. Okay. So with that being said, there is a scene. So let's take Amy and Rory for an example. Uh-huh. In season six, at the end of season six, uh, Amy and Rory actually leave um, the doctor, meaning, you know, they he buys them the house and they set up, um, you know, you know, they you know, they go in the house and the doctor disappears. I think it was God, the God complex. And that was when they kind of have their official kind of going away, which, of course, wasn't their final scene but we see the next time you see amy and rory and the doctor's chronology you know timeline or whatever is he shows up on christmas day it's at the very end of that christmas episode he knocks on the door amy comes to the door and says where have you been we've not seen you for two years yeah yeah i mean that it totally makes sense for a doctor with a TARDIS that can go anywhere and you know live a but not for a, but but not for a viewer. <laughs> yeah, for a viewer, just it's funny because you're missing all these nuggets of this cool stuff. And let me just say, uh, I know we haven't got into the review yet, but reading this first book, it's like a freaking. Doctor Who lovers dream of nugget after nugget after nugget. Even things I don't even fully understand because I'm not that into the classic Who. It just has so much stuff and I just can't help but to think to myself, man, I wish I could watch this, though the budget would be uh, astronomical. But wow, why isn't this on screen? Because this is so freaking awesome. Yeah, well, see, here's the 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 other thing is some of that you can't do because um, the actors aren't here anymore. Yeah, well, I mean, you might say that about the Christmas episode. Well, too, that's so. true too. So, um, good, 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 uh, quick comeback there. So, <laughs> um, so let me say this so we can go ahead and get into it. Um, this what we will be talking about tonight or in this episode is part one and part two of a crossover 
type story. Um, you know, I thought it was going to be a crossover between the ninth, the tenth, the eleventh, and the twelfth Doctors. But oh boy, uh, mm, <laughs> I know so, you got a surprise in there. <laughs> yeah. So uh, having said that, this is parts one and part two, and again, it's available now. Uh, from Titan Comics. You can go to their website. You can find them on Comixology if you uh, so desire. And again, this is part one and part two that we are reviewing. And we will have their information in our show notes. But just for the sake of saying, it's www.titan slash or hyphen, dash, yeah, dash hyphen, comics.com. And you can also find them on Twitter at Comics Titan and then on Facebook at Facebook.com Comics Titan. So um, if you yeah. have not read, let me, oh, you know, this is my favorite part. If you have not read, put us on pause, go buy the book, download it, read it, because henceforth there are spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers. Spoilers. Affirmative. Spoilers. All right. So, Clarence, before I got into my uh, spoiler spiel, as I'll call it, you were about to say something. So what were you going to tell me? Yeah, well, I just wanted to read a little bit of the prologue, which is like the first page into the first book. Uh, and it looks to be about eight books. Um, that's what they have at the parts at the top of the first book. So it looks to be about eight. But I just wanted to read this one, these, these few it. lines. When the fabric of the universe is threatened, when the laws of time, space, and all of reality starts to break down on those dire days, different in- incarnations of the doctor can meet. It should never happen. Not all of them will remember properly, but this is one of those days, dot, dot, dot. So that that just made me think of the three doctors, which you just reviewed and yeah, it was one of those days in the Three Doctors. <laughs> it was dire, and it was the first time that happened for the Doctor. Yeah, when, so you know, at that time. Yeah, so it made me reading that line after just watching the Three Doctors. It made it extra special. So I just wanted to to say that for for everybody that's listening. All right, so let me ask you a question because this was something that had um, been percolating in my brain since uh, percolating, really. Yeah. I guess, or, or formulating, or, 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 or whatever. Um, the um, it, it took the three doctors for you to actually say, I want to go watch a classic uh, episode. And on top of that, it was uh, our own Lee Shackelford who made a recommendation that made you say, ooh, I want to go and I want to watch The Green Death. What was it about the third Doctor that was like, I want to know more about him? Because you've, you, you've not done that about the second Doctor, even though you saw, yeah. um, you know, um, the uh, power of the Daleks. And I know that was animated. But what was it about the third Doctor that piqued your curiosity? I said two things. Um, this uh, James Bun- Bond-ish doctor, uh, you know, lace sleeves and all, uh, kind of stranded on Earth. Um, this, you know, in the Three Doctors was my first adventure seeing him. I thought he was a very well acted. I like his voice. He reminds me of Charles Stanley, actually, if people know who Charles Stanley is, uh, the, the preacher guy. <laughs> he sounds just like one of me. But but anyway, you know, I really liked them. And, you know, more so maybe what happened at the end. I think they they um, released the reins on him being stuck on Earth. And 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 um, that made me want to see, OK, what is he going to do now that he's not stuck and what type of adventures he might have now that he can actually leave Earth? I thought that was pretty cool. So it was one of the things that made me want to uh, uh, see a future episode of his, as well as uh, Joe Grant. Am I saying, is that the right last name? You got it. Yeah. Katie Manning. Correct. Yeah. And I have to agree with my, my co-host Lee. Uh, she just uh, <laughs> grabs my attention. It's someone I want to see further as a doctor companion. 
as well as, you know, the Green Death uh, spoilers is kind of where she um, her her journey ends. So I definitely uh, wanted to see that uh, the completion of, of her arc, as well as maybe going back and seeing her first episode as well. You know, and I think um, that it would be uh, advantageous. And I've got um, I, b- I bought um, this particular episode is uh, the two parter, which I think they're only. 30 minutes apiece, so it's basically an hour, of uh, the the two-part with Matt Smith on the Sarah Jane adventures that <gasps> had Katie Manning on there. Really? Yes. Huh. Well, I'm at to stop by and check that out with you. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I did not know this until I just um, saw it pop up one day uh, on, like, Apple TV will uh, – uh, Occasionally, I'm not sure how the algorithm works where it tells you what to watch next out of your videos, but it showed a scene out of um, that particular episode. And when she, uh, she being uh, Joe Grant, came back and was talking to Sarah Jane in this uh, episode, she brought her grandson with her. And I kept looking at her and looking at her and, I mean, looking at this guy. And looking at it, and then uh, I was told, you know who that person is? And I was like, no. The grandson? Yeah, the grandson. And I will put it this way. Um, he was consumed by fire, but he but it left in one show, but he had fire in his hand in another show. Is this all Doctor Who shows? No. <laughs> No, 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 no. He's, he was in two other shows. One show okay. that he was consumed by green fire, and in the other show, he has what you, I guess you could call fire in his hand. I really have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. You're going to have to tell me. D- uh, Iron Fist. Really? Danny Rand? Danny Rand, yes. Oh, uh, okay. Is he British? Well, he was in the Sarah Jane adventure, so there you huh. go. That might be why I don't buy him talking at all. Maybe he might be British. Well, actually, he's on Game of Thrones, so he probably is British. Probably <laughs> or so. So, or, or something from over there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I don't want to get on the Danny Rand discussion. But, but yeah, um, I'm going to have to check that out. All right. So before we go any further, there is uh, one character, I, just for the sake of enticing people that are listening, to go check out um, – you know, this series from Titan, uh, there is a character that was wearing armor that I would rather not reveal what his or her identity is or who this person is. Let that, oh. be, let that be kind of a spoiler. If you don't mind, it's going to be hard. That's a spoiler. <laughs> we won't, we won't say, but hey, that was, was awesome. but see, the good thing is about this. There was so much in here that, uh, I think there's plenty to talk about even without revealing that person's identity. Yeah, it was this this first book. The second one not so much, but this first book was so mu- so packed with nuggets. So packed with nuggets. What was so, the first one that you that just stood out for you? Um well, I don't I mean, I think the thing that stood out for me, maybe not a nugget in particular, but just seeing Jack Harkness again. Uh man, I thought that was freaking awesome. Although, you know, again, I'm puzzled by the companion he's with. I do think it's cool how they're interweaving this book with not what not necessarily what we saw on the TV show proper, but it's within the canon of the comic book universe as it stands or so I'm assuming. Okay. so so we see Jack Harkness with his companion. I'm guessing that's his current companion that he's traveling with now. Um, Well, maybe not companion, his partner or whatever. And and a few more things like that in here uh, seems like they're staying within the continuity of the current books, which I think is kind of cool. All right. So let me ask you a question. You know, we've seen uh, Wonder Woman. We've seen, you know, Gal Gadot or Gal Gadot. Uh, uh, I'll never pronounce that lady's name right. Um, <laughs> oh, and uh, speaking of, and this is totally side note here, uh, it has been confirmed that Patty Jenkins will return as uh, the director for Wonder Woman 2. Oh, yeah, that is freaking awesome. Take so, me back to Themyscira, please. There you go. So <laughs> back to back to uh, Doctor Who. Um, you know, we've seen real people, you know, 
play Tony Stark. Um, we've seen real people play, you know, uh, DC characters, Batman, Superman, all you know, all these characters. But when I read a comic, I don't hear, um, you know, I don't hear Tony Stark as Robert Downey Jr. I just am reading the comic. But I've noticed when I read these uh-huh. that when I he- when I'm reading the words, I hear Peter Capaldi, I hear uh, John Berriman, I hear David Tennant, I hear keep going and going and going. Yeah, and I I, I totally agree with you. But I think the difference is you having a uh, vast comic background in those other properties. You read the comic first. Ah, so, okay. So it's it's, it's kind of like you know if you read Game of Thrones first before seeing the TV show, you're gonna have this idea in your head before you see the first episode of how everything should look, how everything should Understood. sound, and going the other way, it's just like imprinted on your brain so much that you can't get away from it. That and, makes and, sense. It makes total sense. Yeah, but, and and to and to totally agree with you, I felt exactly the same way. Yeah. Yeah, because I was really curious if that was just me or that when I'm seeing Nordle running across uh, (laughs) with this uh, phone that has this unbelievable, uh, you know, why don't you just have a cord uh, unless the phone was and it wasn't even in the TARDIS. Yeah, yeah, that that really actually, you know what? I think it was because I'm going back and looking at the. Uh, and and I think that phone was coming out of the TARDIS. Well, does that make it a uh, infinite phone maybe, cord? Maybe it's a. Because he uh, ran across the campus. Come I know. <laughs> I know that was. Now here was a, here was a um, something that you probably uh, did not uh, pick up on, or that it probably did not make. Um. um you know, it probably did not stand out to you when he is he being oh. Nordle is running across campus to find the twelfth Doctor and Bill. He goes across to the Terrence Dix Library. Ah, okay. No, that doesn't that doesn't make sense to okay. me really. Uh, Terrence Dix is a uh, English author and former television screenwriter, script editor, and producer in television. Uh, he had a long association with writing something called Doctor Who. Oh, cool! And cool. Uh, he he's known for being uh, the screenwriter, uh, primarily uh, during Fourth Doctor. Um, uh, era that I know him, but he but he was on there for quite a while, and he did a lot, and I mean a lot of uh, novelizations of especially the the lost stories, and then novelizations of the you know stories themselves. So he is an author, screenwriter, and um, you know, but known like I said uh, for his work for me. Uh, you know, of doing Doctor Who. Yeah, I mean, that's that's another medium that, you know, Doctor Who is in and you could go and pursue and probably spend years or months reading and catching up as the novels. Yeah, man. So uh, this whole scene where Nordo is running, I think I see an Easter egg that I didn't notice the first time I was reading it. Okay. So do you have the book up? I have the book up. Go to page seven. Okay, I'm on page seven. Look at the middle screen with the red, the middle panel, where it's red and Nordle's pulling the coral with his arm. Okay. Got it? Look at the paintings on the wall. Paintings on the wall. And I'm on page seven. Yes. Uh, where, where it first goes back to Bristol. Uh, okay. All right. I'm seeing the paintings. All right. Do you know who those people look like? One of them looks like Jon Snow. And the other one looks like? Uh, 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 Aris Targaryen. Okay. These are Game of Thrones Easter eggs that I'm making out. As to, I, I, it has to be. That's the only two people that could be. Okay. That's freaking awesome. <laughs> I mean, I can go with Jon Snow, but, uh. That looks like Danny, man. Look okay. at it. <laughs> All right. I'll give you that. 
Okay, guys, if you're reading this reading this first book, go to the page where Noto, before he starts running, when he pulls the phone cord, look at the paintings on the wall. And respond, tell me if that is not Johnny, Jon Snow and Daenerys Targaryen. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. Yeah, but now that I've, you know what, now that I've actually, like, zoomed in on it, I, I, I agree with you. They've changed her hair color, but yes, I agree with you. But undoubtedly, you know, that is a uh, Kit Harington, uh, Jon Snow uh, portrait change, absolutely. Oh, yeah. So well, let, let me. We talked about this mysterious woman showing up in this uh, Samus-like suit. Uh, Metroid uh, reference to you guys. Uh, did you notice the symbols on her, on the suit itself? I did. And my question to you is: Do those symbols mean anything to you? They look Gallifreyan. Okay. Uh, but but I don't know in particular what they mean. Right. Uh, have you se- have you seen that particular symbol before? I'm pretty sure I have, but I can't tell you where. It looks familiar. All right. For one place you will see it, actually, is I've used it before in uh, some of the backgrounds (laughs) of numbers. Uh, You will see it if you go to um, podshock.net. Lewis uses it on um, some of the Podshock stuff. And you will see it in the five doctors. It is the seal of Rassilon. Ah, cool. So, so you will see that in a lot of the Time Lord armor, and the anybody that's on the High Council, you'll see that symbol, uh, you know, like it's in um, the armor that this character is wearing. Cool, cool. So let let me make a comment about the art. Um, I thought the art in this book, both books, is just excellent. I thought it looks really, really good. Um, very, very good job done there. But I did notice one big thing that jumped out at me. So these first images we see of, of Peter Capaldi's doctor, his hair is very wild and unwieldy, right? Right. Okay. So if you skip to the end of the book, not quite the end, like on page 18. Okay. Right before. His hair is like perfect in 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 a totally different style. So I'm thinking maybe they have more than one artist. Do yeah, these they do. Books. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm looking just at the uh, just at the style of the drawing as well of the, of the drawing. Yeah, um, yeah. That's a um, that's a different artist. Yeah, and I wouldn't have noticed if it wasn't for the hair. I just thought that just jumped out at me. But I digress, so we can't <laughs> get this off the top. No, no, but 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 you know, it, it's going back to the attention to the details that they do. Um, yeah. Because I'm looking at the scene, and I'm on page 13 now. For anybody that's got the book and is following along with us, uh, they're showing the third Doctor's TARDIS, and there was a season. If you'll notice the. Um, roundels on the walls the round things as the 12th doctor calls them um they look like they are not protruding outward but they they look like they're indented into the wall yeah they sure do okay there was a season where the 10th doctor i mean the third doctor's tardis they had the roundels they tried to change them up a little bit and they were literally indented into the wall that's so cool wow your your knowledge runs vast sir because that's a that's a a very specific easter egg (laughs) so yeah that that was that was like really cool whenever i saw that um so i want to jump on up and even when uh so the person that i said that we won't mention um and at least in this review when this person crashes the spaceship, it crashes into a building, and uh, Nordle's, uh, you know, worried about the vault, which I thought was like really, really oh, end story, really, yeah. really cool. And um, you know, he he's like, uh, it's not the vault I'm worried about, sir. It's the rather conspicuous spaceship sitting where the library used to be. And he says, <laughs> "Oh, don't worry about that. It, uh, it's all in hand." And so we see this BBC news person talking to Kate Stewart. 
Yeah, so uh, and that's like highlighted on the book Laura Rawlings. Is that like is that I mean, that has to be a reference to something? Can you tell me? Do you know? I don't a, know, but I mean, perhaps Laura Rawlings is, is a, a real person. Is a real person. <laughs> exactly. Interesting. Exactly. And uh, you 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 know who the person is that in that scene right next that's there with Kate, right? Is that the brigadier's daughter? No, no. Kate is the brigadier's daughter, the blonde. Well, well, yeah, 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 yeah. Her, uh, but, but the other person people. with the glasses. Oh yeah, yeah. I forget her name, but she's Osgood. The, yeah. So this made me. Th- but, but 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 let me say this about Osgood. Did you notice what she was wearing? Huh. Is that the fifth's clothes? Very close, and I can see where you're saying by the way they colored it. But no, it is the. Uh, it is the um, um, Sixth Doctor. Ah, okay. And the okay. reason I know yeah. that are, are um, you know what? I'm yeah, 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 yeah. The reason I know that is because of the way the jacket looks and the multicoloredness of the jacket. They just kind of mute the colors, but yes, it's definitely made up after Sixth Doctor. And you know what? Uh, it, it made me think if you go to that next panel where she reaches into the the white hole or the white light. Right. Uh, when her hand gets struck and she holds it out, it makes me think it's the Zygon version of Osgood. Why Did so? You, well, the way, just the way she's holding her hand like it's going to erupt or something. Huh. Okay, I could see that. It just looks a little weird. I don't know. Maybe it's just me protruding <laughs> my thoughts. On <laughs> but yeah, no, I could definitely see that. And and we we never found out which, you know, the was that uh, the um, yeah because you know we've got two versions of Osgood. You've got the um, you know the bad version that was Clara that ultimately became. You know, Osgood at the end, and then you've got the. Uh, so technically, based on the story, spoiler, um, <laughs> both Osgoods may both be Zygons now because we we just don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. <laughs> All right, so let's let's jump on up a little bit, and there. What did you think about that person? And there may be. I may just have to go ahead and break my own rule here no, and no, say no. who we, it we, is. We, 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 we can keep it. We can we can keep it under wraps because okay. I think that's pretty cool. Thing so, I, how did you how did you like the uh, person being um, rescued by the fifth doctor? Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. And uh, once again, the doctor kind of sacrificing himself to to save her. Um, but I do think it's cool how uh, this white light is kind of consuming space or this white hole, as, as they put it in the book, is consuming space. And looks like it could also be consuming time as well, because, you know, these doctors are not in the same time, but somehow they're all being consumed. And another the- interesting part about that, considering the white light being consuming and all consuming is that goes back to Crisis on Infinite Earths number one back in eighty five? Oh yeah, yeah, with the white, definitely. Uh, whiteness, and then you also had um, when the Age of Apocalypse started, when Legion killed uh, Xavier, when the crystal broke. Just go with me there. When the crystal broke and reality <laughs> shattered, everything went white. So that's a um, you know, when I guess history ends or whatever, the white light is part of it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Wow, that's a good tie-in right there because I, I guess I didn't put that together, but it's definitely <laughs> copying that same type of uh, of a uh, of, of trope of this all-consuming thing. Uh, yeah. And, and, yeah, and I will say this, and again, you know, not uh, the the panels on page twenty-one. When five is is rescuing this person was like totally just the 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 expressions on the person's face and what the person says there were on so many levels for me it was like okay that is really really cool 
Yeah, I mean, and, and just to expand a little bit on the writing and the dialogue that was chosen, I mean, I think they did a really good job of of um, making the dialogue very specific. Like in the book number two, when we see the pirates, I just thought the way they wrote the pirates talking made me want to talk like a pirate because they had all the 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 idioms or the the nuances of the way a, a, a pirate speaks were in the dialogue, the way it was written. So I thought that was really, really cool. So let me jump on up a little bit and still in uh, chapter or episode or issue one, um, the Matt Smith 11th Doctor Sains. It, go- it goes back to the hearing the voice in your head. And I'm like, so hearing Matt Smith's expressions and whoever's drawing his expression on page uh, 24 just completely captures him. Yeah, I thought it was really cool seeing him, and I, I totally agree on the expressions. But again, when they introduce uh, Matt Smith, and he's with his companion I know nothing about, I'm like, oh, who is that? I would like to know more. <laughs> but uh, they're staying in the canon of these comics, which, you know, if you're into comics, into these comic arcs, you know, you, it'll fall right in. But still, I want to know more about this character. <laughs> okay, so... At this point, that pretty much takes us to the end with, you know, they have a cliffhanger and again, you know, spoilers, go, go, go read it. But um, let me, before we move into the second one, let me real quick say that part one of eight was written by George Mann and Kevin Scott. And the artist is Rachel, uh, Rachel Stott with Chris Bolson, Pascal Qual. Qualano, I believe, Elton Tom- Tomasi, uh, Kelbs Jr., and J.B. Bastos, with colorist uh, Rod Fernandez and letters by Richard Starkings and Common Crafts' Jimmy Bet- Betancourt. And for any of you who I mispronounced your name, <laughs> I most uh, humbly apologize. <laughs> Golf clap for you, sir. All right. Thank you, sir. All right. So on now to episode number two of The Lost Dimension, we have uh, Rose and the Ninth Doctor on page uh, cover, not page one, on the cover. Yeah. And uh, while you're speaking about covers, let me just mention they have a few alternate covers of these, and they are all really cool. Uh, if you could just go online and look at them, I think they're really, really awesome how they, especially in the, the first book, how they, you know, if you get the normal book, I think it's just a TARDIS on the front. But they have two alternate covers, uh, one with the real doctors uh, standing about and one with uh, cartoon versions or comic versions of the doctors um, in in the somewhat not really similar pose, but they're all grouped together in, in a similar way. So I thought that's really cool. So, yeah, I agree. And I even tried to pay homage to the silver uh, cover with the, uh, the artwork <laughs> for this one. Didn't do, do, you know, as good a job as I would like. But, uh, but hey, it's the thought that counted, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. So at the beginning, you've already mentioned the um, pirates, but we start Arr. with the Irish. <laughs> Well, I shouldn't say the look of the Irish, but uh, it's uh, we're we, you know we're uh, howdy matey or whatever. Um, so we see Rose and the Doctor, and they are on the ship. And um, the next thing you know, here comes Madame Vastra. Yeah. So this part of the book really puzzled me, and it makes me want to know the history. Uh, a little bit more. Two things, well, actually, two big things in this book. Uh, so, one, have we known in the past that the Doctor and Madame Vastra had um, adventures before we first see her? And did we, do we ever see her on screen with the Ninth Doctor? I just don't remember. No, we don't. The first time we saw Madame Vastra, now, let me say this. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, that's just like uh, Dave Starkey played any variation that we've seen of a um, Suntara and not just Strax since the uh, series returned. So he's been every 
Santaran character because they're clones of each other, mm-hmm. other than just Strax. And she has played, if I'm not mistaken, another um, Sol- Solarian uh, character. But the first time we actually see Madame Vastra in the television timeline is in A Good Man Goes to War when he's recruiting the people, just like the first time we saw Strax was uh, in that episode. Yeah. So, yeah, they go on to talk about their history. So it may be something that happened in the comics, uh, possibly, or a book, I guess, or in the classic Who. Can you tell me, you you know, you you just mentioned it's not her specifically. So I'm guessing it would have to be in the the comics or something, maybe. No, 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 no. I'm saying she played another Santaran character and the hungry earth, I think, was the name no, of it. No, but, no, I, I I get that part, but I'm just saying, Madame Vastra character specifically was the um, first. My first knowledge and recollection of anything Madame Vastra was in um, a good man goes to war for uh, because the Solarians that we had seen previously, there were two versions that we had seen, even and even the male uh, Solarians. They were all, you know, you never saw a female. This was the first to, uh, female that we saw in the character from The Hungry Earth. Got you, got you. So, so I mean, again, it could have been in this comic, in the comic versions, maybe maybe Vastra has had adventures with the ninth. But if you read the comics, you wouldn't know. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, got you. So, what did you think of the other version of the Solarians? Uh, the the ones that look more like fish than reptile. Ah, you know, I, I wonder was that how they originally looked in classic, or were they trying to say they're a different? They mentioned cast a few times, which is like clan or family, I guess. Right. So, so I wondered if it was just this different variation or family of them that made them look so uh, vast. Lee different. <laughs> yeah. Think of it how they are explaining and plug here for uh, our other podcast. Uh, if you would like to check it out, uh, we've got two episodes already for the Star Trek. It's called STD, a Star Trek Discovery, uh, Star Trek, not track, Star Trek Discovery podcast. And we talk in episode two about the different looks of the Klingons. And from that same vein of the different looks of the Klingons, we have the different looks of the Solarians. Yeah. So an- another thing that really jumped out to me, and I want to ask you this question about, you know, again, classic who, how much Solarians do we see in the classic who is it? Was it just like a one off villain or are they a pretty prominent uh, 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 staple in the classics? They appeared with with the third doctor. Um that is the version that looks uh, I'm a little bit more like Madame Vastra, I believe, if I remember correctly. And uh, a, an interesting side note, that is the review that Lee and I did together on our first episode of Podshot was oh. um, um, the Solarians with uh, the Third Doctor. And they showed up. I believe one more time with uh, the fifth doctor. And that was the other version. There may have been a a third um, story. I can't recall, but, but the stories were just a handful, two, three, maybe four, but just a small amount. And, and you know, with these, this different cast of, of Solarians made me think, of course we have this three eyed Solarian, and well, not literally three eyes, it's a jewel at the top of his head. So, uh, but it specifically made me think of our, again, going back to our review of the three doctors. And we talked for a little bit about the telepathic powers of the doctor. So, in this book, we get this scene where we learned that the doctor was once a padawan or student of this master solarian and which this solarian is very well versed in telepathic abilities so of course that took me right back to huh is this how the doctor got his telepathic powers or abilities was it 
through this Solarian? Mm, I don't think so. I think that's just an uh, inherent ability of being a Time Lord or being so, a Gallifreyan. So there's more Time Lords we know that have this tele- that we've seen display these telepathic abilities. Yeah, well, um, one of the things that the Master he doesn't uh, he hasn't done it in New Who as it's called is he uh, was highly and you could say this is. Uh, you know, telepathy, our version of telepathy is he um, mesmerized or hypnotized people to do his bidding and just by looking at them and looking at them and telling them what to do. And he just kind of, you know, stared. This was m- mainly the Roger Delgado, the original master. But, I mean, he had mind control. These are not the droids you're looking for. Exactly. I mean, seriously. <laughs> well, that's why I hadn't seen it if it's classic. Huh. That's interesting. That's interesting. Okay, just a just a fringe theory that I had. <laughs> so I, you know, this this uh, book to me just moved the story along. Not necessarily was Easter eggs like uh, you mentioned was in the first uh, episode or issue. What do you, what do you think? I agree. I agree. It was very much one. We're pretty much in the same setting for most of the book or all of the books. So uh, it was it was, I guess, you know, the first book was hot and heavy and this one was a little drawn back and we're going to give you more story, more story, which I thought was good. Um, I don't really like the way Rose was drawn in this book. To me, it didn't look like her. No, I I agree with you. That was actually one of my. negatives um you know no 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 disrespect to the artist because they're drawing much better than i ever could (laughs) but uh i agree with you especially at the beginning that just didn't feel rose to me yeah i I agree i didn't really know who it was at first i like it has to be rose but maybe (laughs) yeah but you know toward the end they you know I, i i can tell the artist changed and um but 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 I agree. It did not feel rose, you know, to me. But but I knew it was rose, even though it didn't necessarily look per se like rose. Yeah, Jenny either. But I have to say, I absolutely adore Jenny. <laughs> Her and Rose have this one little conversation where she asks, uh, where Rose asks uh, Jenny, uh, and you're Madame Vastra's maid? Question mark. And then she says, among other things. Yes. So I, I thought that was really cool. And <laughs> they threw that in there. Yeah, and I, and I thought it was really cool, too, about how she says, oh, I hope I didn't offend you. And, um, yeah, uh-huh. you know, she says, uh, you know, you know, no. Um, let's see. How does she say? Um, uh, let's see. I'm sorry. She says. And you have not long before your species populated the earth. This world was ruled by, you know, and then she goes in. So, you know, it was so nice to see a companion not offend Madame Vastra like some companions <laughs> did. Yeah, 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 agreed. Do you know any uh, companions that might would have offended Madame Vastra? Huh. I don't no, know. Uh, uh, it's, I, I, it's like I know it was a girl. I'm pretty sure about that, but it's almost impossible. Oh, to okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> oh, it was uh, your girl Clara. Sorry. Of course, of course. <laughs> but uh, but 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 progressing along, uh, we did get to see my fourth Doctor's image, and that was really really cool. Yeah, yeah. Well drawn, by the way. At least in my opinion. Very well, uh, very well drawn, and very well scripted. Because I can hear it. Not you, not you. This is why yeah. I hate talking to myself. I mean, I'm just hearing him. Of course, of course, this is one why I didn't hear the voice. Yeah, I, I just didn't resonate with me. You know, it's like okay, I mean, I read it, but I, I know, I just knew when you were re- reading this, he was talking to you. Oh, absolutely, you know? <laughs> absolutely. So, um, you know, there were other than progressing the story alone. There, there, there isn't that much, um, that much um, else that's kind of happened here, other than, like I said, moving, um, moving the story 
on a bit. Was there anything else other than this was a very, very Ninth Doctor-centric episode or issue? Yeah, I do like the... uh... I do like how we got kind of, you know, again, we hear these people talking, we're reading, and I've felt that sternness of the night doctor when I was reading. <laughs> I very much felt it. And, and again, um, it's it's um, further expanding on this idea of the white hole, which I hate saying it, <laughs> consuming, <laughs> consuming um, these individuals through some type of, I don't know, um, body takeover or something. Um but it's still nonetheless cool and we see it spreading a little bit and by then we see the ninth off to try to figure out what the heck is going on. Which go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say I did not realize this on first reading, but I see it now as as we're talking. Did you know that there was an off panel conversation that the um the ninth doctor had with the Solarian uh, before he meets Rose to get back into the TARDIS. Yes, 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 yes. I did notice that. So, so we've got a little mystery going on here because I have no clue as to what that might would have been. Yeah, the the Solarian King or whatever says I have another message for you. And yes, from your past. Up. Yeah, so I think that's pretty cool. And uh, yeah, I kind of can't wait to read the next one, man. It's it's. It's a really good story that, like, again, that first book was hot and heavy. You know, even if you don't want to read the rest of it, I think any Doctor Who fan needs to read that first book. I think you'll get a lot of nuggets. And, you know, I think if you read that first one, you'd want to read the followings because that first one was really good. And the second one was was a great follow up to to kind of expand the story a bit more. And I'm actually very excited or curious to read part three. Which is out now, by the way. I did not know that. So oh, I'll really? be uh, looking for part three tomorrow whenever I go buy comics. Um, so part two, however, let me say before uh, we go any further, was written again by Kevin Scott. The artist was Adriana Mello, M-E-L-O, and Chris Bolson. The colorists were Marco Lesco. And Diho Lima, or Lima, I believe. And again, as I uh, said for <laughs> issue one, I apologize in advance if I mispronounce your name. And letterer, again, was Richard Starkings and Comicraft's Jimmy Betancourt. Yeah, and really cool alternate cover for, for this one as well. Um, and I haven't seen the alternate, so tell me about that. Well, page 31, uh, if you go to the end, it's the, uh, the ninth and the fourth Doctor. Uh, real pictures, by the way. Uh, looks really cool. All right. Good deal. Good deal. Well, do you uh, – so let me ask you this. If I were to ask you rating the story enjoyment, because I know um, – and I'm going to quote Louis Trapani again and saying it's hard – to rate a story as a whole when you've not seen the entire story. So just for in these capturing of your attention, if you had to say how well it captured your attention, what would you say? Yeah, I mean, very, very much, you know, I, I think it was it. The first book really, really caught me and made me want to keep reading and I, I went through the first book, book pretty quick. I thought it was great. And again, like that, the whole idea of this all-consuming white light, you know, again, harkens back to Crisis on Infinite Earths. Uh, I thought it was a fantastic idea. And, I, you know, I kind of want to see where that goes because it seems like it's going to be, you know, the line I quoted, quoted from the, the first book, the opening line, it looks like it's really going to be one of those situations where, uh, all the doctors are going to be needed because it, it looks pretty dire. Yep, uh, I agree. And you know something that I've I've noticed um, and just never made a conscious um, thought about it. I sh- or I, I I guess is the uh, Doctor Who logo that they use for a lot of their books is the third slash fourth Doctor logos from the 70s and and actually the same logo that was used by the eighth doctor in 96 but um you know i've noticed a lot of the logo for the doctor who that they use is that um 
Time Lord font that uh, ah. you know back from the seventies. Cool. All right, so Clarence, if people were trying to find other places that they could uh, hear other things that you do, where might they go? Yeah, well, um, I don't really have the time part covered, though there are episodes where we do go through time. But let's talk more about space. So if you like uh, Star Trek, and if you're highly anticipating the new Star Trek Discovery, you should check out a podcast I do. Uh, Again, Cal mentioned it earlier, STD, uh, Star Trek Discovery podcast, where we pretty much cover... All things Trek, along with the the upcoming Star Trek Discovery. So, yeah, if you're into that, uh, check us out at uh, stdpodcast.com. If you're, and if you're into just, you know, general tech, um, uh, comics a little bit, but not much more and more mango on that side, anime, uh, you should check out my other podcast as well called Techpedition. That's at T-C-H-P-E-D-I-T-I-O-N.com. And yeah, we'd love to have you check us out and see what we do. So, Kyle, what are you what are you working on, man? What other places we can hear more? Hear hear that that sultry voice of yours. Oh, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> so, the uh fun thing about letting you go first is you get half of the uh um, you know, half of it out of the way because of you mentioning the Star Trek podcast. The other place you could find uh, me, as well as Lee, uh, who unfortunately couldn't be with us tonight, is on Doctor Who Podshock. And you can find that at podshock.net. And you can find all of these shows on iTunes uh, and all the podcast players. Uh, But let us know what you think about this particular comic or Doctor Who comics in general, or if you've got any comments about anything that we've discussed today, if you agree, disagree, let us know. Uh, we'd love to hear your feedback. And how do you send feedback? Only thing you need to do is if you have a smartphone, which most people t- today do, uh, you can record a voice clip and email it to us at discussingwho at gmail.com. Or if you would like, if you don't have a smartphone, or if you would just rather do it from your computer, you can also email it from there. Or um, you can just send us a written email. Or, you know, let's keep going. We've got a telephone number that you can call and leave a voicemail. And that number is 805-850-3946. So there you go. Cool beans, man. Cool. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. And again, check out our friends at Titan Comics. You can read about that uh, information in the show notes. Um, You know, give them a tweet. Tell them you heard about them from Discussing Who. And if you are subscribed to us on iTunes, uh, make sure if you can, uh, give us a rating and help us. Uh, kind of get discovered on iTunes because the more ratings we get, the better our discoverability chances are for someone who's not heard us yet. So if you can do that, we would definitely appreciate it. But again, thank you for spending some time with us, and we will be back next episode. Discussing Who is brought to you by Audible. You've probably heard of Audible, but just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again. 180,000 titles to choose from. Imagine a genre. They've got an audiobook. And these files play on smartphones, Kindles, tablets, in fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Discussing Who, Audible is offering a free download when you start a new Audible subscription. And you can choose anything at all from that vast library. But we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic Doctor Who titles, which include New Adventures of the Doctor, but also Torchwood and River Song. And they're performed for you by actors you know and love. Wonderful voices. Tom Baker, Alex Kingston, David Tennant. The list goes on and on. So try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way. Free Doctor Who book. 
So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audibletrial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L.com slash discussing who, also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that? You've been listening to the Discussing Who podcast. Discussing Who is made by fans for fans. No copyright infringement is intended. Show us your fans of the show by liking us on Facebook, following us on Twitter. You can find us on the web at www.discussingwho.com. Want more Discussing Who? Find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Player FM, the Doctor Who Podshock Alliance, and more. Send us your feedback to discussingwho at gmail.com, or if you'd like, simply record a voice message and send that to us via your smartphone, tablet, or computer. We want to hear from you.